0: Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows, the podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a special holiday wallow as we watch Miracle on 34th Street. Hey, hello, peeps.
1: Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows. This is Tori. And this is Rebecca, and today we are talking about the classic Christmas movie, Miracle on 34th Street, which I had never watched before.
0: Yeah, what was your overall
1: reaction? I am really grateful to this opportunity to have seen it, because this really, other, unlike It's a Wonderful Life, which I do know the general plot of, and I think I've at least seen clips of, Right, I really... I maybe heard a bit about this, but mm-hmm. it was very fresh and new. And it was such a feel-good film. It really was. it It's really lovely. I see why people enjoy this. I see why it's a classic. And I'm looking forward to talking about it. So I did really enjoy it.
0: Oh, good. I'm glad. Yes. You know, one thing I noticed this time for the first time, and I mean... I seriously have no idea how many times I've seen this movie that the only Christmas song in it that's familiar that most people would know is Jingle Bells. Yes.
1: Yes, I found it curious when Chris is singing to Susie. Uh He sings some grocery store song or something. (laughs) I was really surprised it wasn't a Christmas carol. (laughs) I was like, what's this? (laughs) SOG. <laughs> but anyway, there is certainly plenty of Christmas to be had in the yes. film. Yes. But yeah, not, not. Not overdoing it on the Christmas music, for sure. And one thing that was delightful to me and Uh just happened to be perfect timing is I actually watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year because one of my relatives is connected to one of the Broadway shows that was featured. And so I watched most of that parade this year. And I have only watched tiny bits of it in the past. So Mm -hmm. to have that parade featured in this movie at the beginning was (laughs) super cool. And of course, to see the streets of New York City, a city that I really love, was also really cool.
0: Excellent. You know, they actually did film that at the real parade.
1: They almost had to, yeah. right? Because There's I mean, no there way were real could... floats. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that was, that was a real treat. Yeah. And I... I was just, that timing was perfect.
0: That's excellent. I was watching this thing called the Hollywood backstory about, about the movie and Maureen O'Hara was saying that it was bone chilling cold <laughs> and the parade, you know, gave them permission to film, but they're like, we're not halting anything once that parade starts it goes and so they were really having to film around the parade as it was uh in progress i was like wow wow so and i did notice in one scene with when they were filming the parade there's like a uh, a young woman dressed I don't know if she's dressed as a soldier or she's supposed to be a majorette or whatever, but she who looks cold. Who looked cold. a little
1: like an older Shirley Temple?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She looked cold. I know cold. exactly the one. She yeah. looked cold. She's like, oh, I'm really trying not to shiver here.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, watching the the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade this year, there were definitely some women dressed in some things. Most of them were moving a lot as well, but mm-hmm. I, it was a beautiful, there was really very sunny weather for the parade this year. But I think it was still high 30s, low 40s yeah, <laughs> that wow. people were yeah. dancing around in.
0: Yeah. I also noticed people really dressed up back then to go to that parade. <laughs> yeah. Big event. I haven't seen it in years. I don't remember the last time I watched the parade. Watched it all the time when I was growing up.
1: Yeah. It's never been a big thing for me. And yeah. so, again, had a reason to watch it this year. And I was like, I I should do this more often. This is really, this is really cool. Yeah. And it gives me a little insight in some of the cultural <laughs> things that are hip and in right now. <laughs> I mean, I was pretty on top of the Broadway shows, but uh, <laughs> the musical guests and some of the float representations. <laughs> I was like, who is this? Though, I must tell you, Grogu and a shiny object in a shiny sphere in front of him was featured, which I was
0: all over that reference. Oh, wow. Hmm. Was it like a big Grogu? I mean, did an oversized Grogu in a ball, like on a float or something? Or was it a just float. like a little? Okay.
1: Grogu was gigantic but nice. you knew it was Grogu and i thought it was so cute that they had the shiny object kind of balloon or in front of him that he was oh. kind of reaching for you know <laughs> so it was it was really cute i oh. that was actually that i'm sure that was my favorite my favorite uh well like, what would you what would you call the big inflatables so it wasn't a float i guess you know but They're it was balloons aren't they well it was the gigantic balloon Oh, okay. It was a gigantic Grogu balloon. That's right. Oh, okay. It wasn't afloat. It wasn't rolling along. It was being held with strings.
0: <laughs> with hundreds of people?
1: <laughs> with hundreds of people. Yes. And
0: it is just kind of astounding when you think about the number of people that have to <gasps> be oh my in gosh. that parade. It's wild. I can't imagine being, I'm, I'm assuming it's a committee that organizes that and not just one person, <laughs> but oh. man, crazy.
1: 100 percent and there was a mercer island marching band which that was really cool really? i was like i bet not everybody knows where mercer island is but wow. i know exactly where it is yeah that's so, a big
0: honor to be invited to the parade
1: totally as a high school as a high school band for sure right.
0: although I it was probably one of the high school well. bands um that had the least amount of trouble getting the funds together to go to that <laughs>
1: This is true. This is true. In fact, they had a big sign, I think, that said, thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the parents put in most of the bill. <laughs> anyway, who knows? I could be corrected on that. Any of you Mercer Island Band members, feel free to let us know how you fundraised. But That's
0: So loved,
1: loved the Macy's Day Parade feature and perfect
0: timing. Yeah. That's awesome. Awesome. Edmund Gwen. Can we just talk about him for a second? The guy that played Santa. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. But I love his line. I refuse to have you malign me in this fashion. (laughs) 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 And then a little bit later, spurious Santa Claus. I'm like, great lines. Great lines. People don't talk like that anymore.
1: (laughs) He was fantastic. And I loved the little him correcting where all the reindeer were in Mm -hmm. the shop window Mm -hmm. and I was like how can you even tell which is which because I imagine that any little set might not have any difference between anybody but Rudolph but he was like nope nope you got somebody should be here somebody should be here
0: yes I've always thought (laughs) what boss is making that poor guy work on Thanksgiving day (laughs) or maybe he is the shop owner I don't know
1: that's let's let's put it that way that he's doing he's getting ahead of things a little bit and <laughs> getting ahead of the the black friday uh rush I, and just this is this is jumping ahead but talking about reindeer when mm-hmm. we see when we see chris kringle's employee card and his next of kin <laughs> are all the reindeer i absolutely love that nod
0: <laughs> yeah it's great yeah i just have always really loved this movie yeah. I mean, I've, I've always really liked Maureen O'Hara. And of course, and have ever seen her And does she
1: play Doris? The... Does she play Doris Walker? Yes, yes. Okay.
0: Yes. And I was just going to ask if you've seen her in The Quiet Man with John Wayne. No. Worth a watch. I mean, I'm not a okay. huge John Wayne fan, but there are a couple of his films that I really like, The Quiet Man being one of them. And she's wonderful in that. And so I've just always really liked her a lot. And evidently, she- absolutely adored this script although she was mad as hell because uh-huh. she had you know they the guy the writer what was his name uh Val- valentine davies mm-hmm. he got the idea for the movie on christmas eve of 1944 i want to say something like that he was standing in line to buy his wife's christmas present and he was kind of wandering about the commercialism and what santa might think about it And so that's how the story kind of came to his mind. But, and they wrote it pretty, pretty quick. Maybe it was before 1944. It doesn't really matter. But, you know, he, they got the script written and she had just returned to Ireland because she hadn't been home in a long time because of World War II. And she was in Dublin and she got a call from the studio. And, you know, back then the studios really did kind of, I don't want to say own people, but they had those contracts. Right. So they kind of did. And they're like, you got to come back. We're going to shoot this movie called Miracle on 34th Street. And she said she was just so mad. She got back to New York. And she had to work on Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, she did. But she hadn't even read the script yet. So when she got to New York, she read the script. And she was like, absolutely. I want to do this movie. So she really loved it. And And John Payne, who played Fred Gailey, Uh, also really loved the movie and I guess it was an amazing experience for for everybody oh that's nice to hear that's nice
1: to hear that there was feel-good energy as part of the production
0: Mm -hmm. and it had Mm -hmm. such
1: a great result because Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are movies that people think people look happy where they were not at all pleased
0: (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely yeah and I think that I just loved that piece of it that everybody really liked it and she made a, I think she was joking a little bit. She's like, I think we all thought Ed Gwynn was Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> and evidently Natalie Wood did. She still believed in Santa Claus. She's only eight. Oh. And she thought, she really thought he was. And was shocked when she saw him at the rap party. Because I guess he had shaved his beard. And she was like, what?
1: <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Well,
1: speaking of, she did a fabulous job. Oh,
0: my gosh. that's well. I was
1: very impressed with how maturely she was able to portray this little girl, Mm -hmm. right? I just, I just loved it. I really, I really thought she did a very impressive
0: job. Yeah, she was, I guess, was wrapping filming on another film when they started filming this and started filming another film before they finished filming this. Wow. I was like, dang, girl busy little girl yeah and on her biographer they gave her a nickname one take natalie oh wow because she would just nail her scenes
1: well and i love that no she... wonder they wanted her for every single child role <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah but i just loved when i found out that she really thought edwin edmund Gwynne was really santa claus i'm like oh that's yeah. so cute that's so cute
1: <laughs> yeah, one one thing that I do have to say is we have a real Shakespearean speed for how quickly we have Doris and Fred go from <laughs> okay, you're friendly with my daughter, would you, you know, uh, okay, I'll say yes to you coming over for Thanksgiving to yes let's buy this house together
0: <laughs> yeah yes i so, noted that as pretty
1: well rapid development for such a practical and busy woman right it's right. not like she had time to develop this relationship
0: right, right. and he comes over for Thanks or that one meal i guess it's not thanksgiving because it's after uh chris has started working at macy's but yeah. they're having that meal and he's comfortable enough to answer her phone without even asking her would you like me to answer your phone yeah and i was like boy he's just kind of kind of moved right on in there
1: and of course i do see i mean gailey was a man with a plan he yes. really wanted into this and when i can't remember when i found out he was a lawyer but before that i was like what's this guy He's <laughs> in this tiny little apartment. <laughs> he brings in Chris. They're they're in twin beds in the same room. <laughs> night, night, Santa. You know, I mean, it was just, it was just like, what is he living in a shoebox? I mean, I know it's Manhattan, and so I'm not, I'm not begging on it too hard. But I mean, Susie's got her own room, and gailey over there, you know, doesn't even have a home office. Uh, anyway. <laughs> It was just, that was hysterical when, I mean, I kind of knew it was going to happen when he told Chris, I've got two twin (laughs) beds. He's like, you are kidding me. Is this going to be a same room situation?
0: Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Fred. Yeah. He's a man with a mission.
1: Oh yeah. And he succeeds.
0: He does. He really
1: really does. And I do like, I, I, there, of course there's some softening of the strong female roles i don't know i i really appreciated that doris was not a widow uh, it, it, there this representation of divorce i i wished that i i wish that i had some had more knowledge of divorce at mm-hmm. that time frame mm-hmm. but i i i I'm under the understanding that there was a pretty big stigma around it. Mm -hmm. And so to have that representation of Doris being divorced and totally killing it at her job, Mm -hmm. and she was in all of those corporate settings the only woman, but I really felt like she was respected by everybody i really loved that representation and even though we kind of have this softening toward the end Mm -hmm. i really liked the representation representation of her her parenting Susie's an amazing kid right yeah so i i really felt that was kind of forward thinking for the time
0: i think so i am also under the impression that while i think divorce was not uncommon i still think there was that social stigma at it particularly i mean i think it was even a little bit into the 60s that there was still even some of that stigma mm-hmm. if you were being divorced but yeah i did like that and i like i mean because it does bother me on a level right as a, a a woman living when i do now that both fred and even you know chris kringle to a point they make these decisions about what they think is good for doris and And Susan, but I like that she kind of takes him to town for being presumptuous enough to, you know, I'm going to take Susie to see Santa Claus, even though I know she doesn't believe. I think it's the right thing to do. I'm going to do this. And I was like, yeah, you go, Doris. You tell him. It's not his place to make that kind of decision. Agreed. Susie's not not his kid. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I actually do have to admit though, if I was Doris, I would have been really pissed at Cleo for letting Fred Gailey <laughs> take them both to the zoo. I mean, what the hell? Yeah.
1: And it's letting... one thing to watch the it's one thing to watch the parade from the window, which it looks like you can look out their window and see them looking yeah. out the other window. Right. <laughs> but... Right.
0: <laughs> Right. yeah
1: just just leaving your little girl with some random dude does not <laughs> seem like the smart play
0: yeah i that was always kind of weird to me but yeah but yeah yeah all right um let's see where should we go next
1: i have a question did okay. any does any of your knowledge of the movie movies history I mean this is a huge advertisement for Macy's. Yes, yes. <laughs> Were they part of the financing or anything? I mean other stores are named. Right. right? right. But Mr. Macy comes out <laughs> looking like a superhero, <laughs>
0: you know. <laughs> well, this. it's interesting, right? Because they they actually did do some of the filming at Macy's in December. Wow. And they did it at night, but still. They went to both Macy's and Gimbel's and told them at, to get permission to use their names and so forth in the movie. And both Macy's and Gimbals were like, we want to see the movie first. So they mm-hmm. filmed the whole movie without having legal permission to use Macy's and Gimbel's. And so that the whole movie like if either macy's or gimbals didn't like it they could have put the kibosh on the whole thing but they both loved it wow
1: well i think that's a really good call because yeah yeah, gimbals comes out pretty well too like with the x-ray machine and he's like i can get it at cost yeah (laughs) yeah but macy's like mr macy right Mm -hmm. and and they probably tried to air very heavily in that direction given what you said to make to try to to improve their odds of getting approved because yeah he he approves of santa he even says Mm -hmm. yes santa exists on the stand i mean and it was it was fun it was fun
0: yeah i was shocked when i learned that i was like whoa i mean what a leap of faith you have in this movie (laughs) which is one of the main themes too but um that To go ahead and film it all. And the studio wasn't going to let them film. They didn't want to pay to have it filmed at the parade. And right. George Seaton, who was was collaborated with Valentine Davies on the screenplay itself, and he also directed it. He was like, I'll pay for it myself. We cannot have this movie without these scenes from the parade. Hmm. I mean, I don't think he had to in the long run, but I was just like, holy crap. I mean, the movie would it it doesn't work if it doesn't start at the parade yeah
1: it's, Craziness. A, it's a very it's a very nice ad it's a very nice ad yes and yes. again it uh, going to the strong woman again it is great to see doris walker in charge of the parade mm-hmm. getting things done solving yep. problems on the fly yep. coming off with a great parade it just i i loved that
0: yes and i i think that's one of the reasons i I've always really liked Maureen O'Hara because in both of them, both The Quiet Man and It's a a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, she plays a strong woman. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it is kind of unusual that a career woman in the 40s was the main character, I think. Mm -hmm. Of course, I I haven't seen every movie made in the 1940s, but I've seen quite a few of them. (laughs) I suddenly was thrown back to the holiday uh-huh. where she's where um what's his name? Which the uh, the little old guy, Arthur, Arthur. Yes. When Arthur is making Iris watch all those old movies with strong female characters. Yes. <laughs> like, did he ever watch any Maureen O'Hara movies?
1: Let's let's hope so. Let's put that into our
0: head canon. Yes oh the other movie i really like yeah the other movie i like of hers is was one of my favorite movies when i was growing up and that was the parent trap she was in the original parent trap
1: oh my gosh i didn't know that
0: yeah yeah so all right anyways back on track
1: (laughs) okay question and i'm not sure how relevant this is but Mm -hmm. mr sawyer
0: yeah right gosh yeah
1: yeah good villain yeah did you notice so obviously it was very noticeable he had this nervous habit where he right. would pull at his eyebrows right did you notice with the one time we see his secretary yes that he pulls at her eyebrows as well
0: yes i felt really sorry for that woman yes. you know he had, is a terrible boss and she picked up his little tick there is what i kind of took that scene to mean
1: agreed Agreed. So, yes, poor thing, because he's really he's
0: really a jerk, anyway.
1: But I must say, the one thing that seemed a little out of character was that Chris did hit Sawyer on the head.
0: Yeah, and
1: it wasn't—I mean, just the action of hitting him on his on the head Mm -hmm. and Sawyer exaggerating would have been one thing,
0: Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But
1: that was quite a bump. You know, if it mm-hmm. had just been a little tap, it mm-hmm. would be like, Oh, okay, you know, this is mm-hmm. this is what he deserves. But that was a heck of a bump. Yeah. And so yeah. I thought, ooh, you know, here this doctor had just said, What do you think? He's gonna beat somebody over the head with the cane and right. like like Chekhov's gun, this was Chekhov's cane, sure enough, he would yeah. hit him on the head. Yeah. And I don't know. That that was maybe that didn't quite work for me.
0: Agreed. It doesn't work for me either. I really wish they could have come up with something different for Santa. It kind of goes against his jolly kind nature. And I think I didn't realize this. There was I found a couple of things where people were claiming that, and this part is true, like none of the adults actually ever really seem to believe he's Santa Claus until perhaps the very, very end. And when people say they do believe, it's more self-serving for them mm. in that moment. Mm. And so I was watching this one video on YouTube and this guy was talking about that the movie's very clear that this is really just a delusional old man. Right. And if you think about it that way, then it's not out of character that the the individual saying he's Chris Kringle would conk somebody over the head with an umbrella but i also don't really believe this argument that this guy's giving at the same time that so it did bother me like would i don't think santa would do that i think santa would have just gone to mr macy but again plot point they needed something like that i guess to get out how else do you really get him into bellevue
1: I suppose, but I think they could have made Sawyer even more insidious and it was just a little tap. Right. And then, like, Sawyer hits his own head or something. and oh, that would have to... been.
0: Yeah. That would have been better. Right. Because we know he's faking it when he sees uh, Mrs. Walker and <laughs> Mr. Shellhammer, who we have not talked about yet. And I want to make sure we do. Okay. Um, but we know he's faking it being, being
1: unconscious. Exactly. Yeah, but that yeah. was quite a goose egg. The yeah. only time I've had a goose egg that big is one time I was trying to pull my vacuum apart and the metal part of the vacuum smacked me right in the forehead. Ow. And that was quite a blow. I mean, I almost knocked myself out, you know, <laughs> and I got a good goose egg, but I have hit my head many times and maybe had noticeable bumps, but not a real goose egg like that one. Wow. So, especially right after his physician said he would never do something like that. Right. I, I don't know. It just didn't quite it just didn't quite work for me there. But yeah. But I hear but I hear you too. The the whole plot situation. They needed to get everybody to have a visible cue to be like, "Oh boy, okay, we all right. agree even though we like him that he needs to get checked out."
0: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they needed to make the bump big for it to really be seen on camera. hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I've never liked that. But yeah, Mr. Sawyer, what an odious, weaselly, and it seems like
1: a fraud, right? Yeah. I mean, he's poor, poor Alfred, this hearted teenage boy. Yeah. Right. I mean, this. It's hard to find anything redeemable about Sawyer.
0: Oh, there's nothing. He speaks down to everybody. It makes you wonder what the hell happened to this dude in his life that made him so vicious and malicious. And oh, he's just nasty. Qualified. Yeah, he's not qualified to do that. Yeah. And why? I don't know. Maybe this was something that did happen at the time. Why would... A department store need to be giving IQ tests to its employees (laughs) like did that really happen in the 40s this is
1: this is another very good question (laughs) he's full time on the payroll not (laughs) yeah this is not subcontracted out this is this guy's got an office and is talking to Alfred on a daily basis after lunch
0: yeah craziness craziness yeah but maybe things worked differently in the 40s you know people maybe it was a post-world war ii thing but well we need better check out make sure people are or didn't go too crazy from the war Mm. i don't know you know my dad was still around i would ask him about it hey did that happen did that really happen (laughs) yeah but oh yeah
1: I have another question, if you happen to. I, I am completely unfamiliar with Dutch. And so Chris Kringle speaks Dutch mm-hmm. to the little Dutch girl, which mm-hmm. I thought was a really touching scene. Right. And Susie sees this and is super impressed. Right. Uh, I'm
0: assuming that those phrases were really dutch (laughs) i haven't read anything that says they weren't and that it was correct dutch okay okay
1: yeah that was that was uh i mean kind of amazing that Mm -hmm. chris happened to Mm -hmm. know dutch and what how many other languages might have come up and he'd be able to Speak them as well, but I felt like uh, Susie. Susie is a logical little girl. She was like, "Wow, this is quite this is quite
0: impressive." Does he speak all the languages? You know, her
1: wheels are turning as as
0: she observes everything. Right, and they could have chosen a language that might be more common that people might know, like French or Spanish or even German, right? But to pick Dutch was always kind of amazing to me, and I don't know why they did. I haven't found anything. That says why they did.
1: Yeah, but totally agreed. Maybe that happened to be a language that the actor knew.
0: (laughs) Oh, that could be. That could be. It would be interesting to know about that. Why did they choose Dutch? I wonder if it has anything on Wikipedia about it. Let's see. Please hold. doesn't look like they go into anything like that. That's really too deep, I guess, for people. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, it was a lovely scene, and I thought it was important for the development of Susie having some evidence in the, perhaps he sees Santa Claus. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And her mom mom uses the exact argument. Well, I can speak French, but it doesn't make me, you know.
0: (laughs) Joan of Arc, I love that line. Yeah, that was great. That was great. (laughs) I do know I did read that in the scene when Natalie Wood is actually talking to Santa Claus or Susie is talking to Santa Claus when she pulls his beard Mm -hmm. and he makes that weird sound and she gets that surprised look on her face. I guess during every time they practiced it or rehearsed it, Gwen didn't make any reaction at all. And he but the first time they actually (gasps) shot it. And again, one tack, one shot Natalie or one take Natalie. He did it in this. He made that reaction and so her reaction is actually real she wasn't because she was surprised that he made any kind of noise or anything nice yeah i thought that was cute he was really good with kids oh that's
1: well what a perfect person to select because there was a lot of interaction with him with kids
0: (laughs) yeah and they were interviewing you know like the kid who or the person who played thomas mara jr tommy and and of course Maureen O'Hara, they were I saw her being interviewed as well. And of course, many people from the cast are already have passed, but I mean everybody talked about how Edmund Gwyn was jolly and there was a twinkle in his eye and I was like, Wow, they are describing Santa Claus. Aww. So
1: <laughs> yeah, perfect casting. Heck.
0: And he won an Academy Award for that. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yeah, he won for best supporting actor. <laughs> he, oh. The first part of his speech was, Wow, there really is a Santa Claus. <laughs> oh And they also they were nominated for four. So they were nominated for Best Picture, which they did not win, but they okay. won like best original story oh. and best screenplay, I think, or the other ones they won. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well it's I hard. support it. <laughs> Well, I imagine too. I mean, the country's still recovering from World War II, and it was probably, it just felt good, right? There's this positive uh, movie. It's about Christmas. And surprisingly, they actually released the movie in June of 1947. Oh my 1947 gosh. Because the oh came, my gosh. Yeah. The studio head was Daryl Zanuck, and he wanted it re- released in summer because that's when most people go to the movies wow and it ran but it ran until christmas i guess that was kind of unusual that from this documentary i was watching that it actually ran like six months
1: okay that then that okay that's very cool Mm -hmm. and maybe they Mm -hmm. got repeat business of people who'd seen it in the summer and then wanted to see i i just wouldn't have ever thought a movie would be in the theaters for six months
0: yeah yeah so it was you know, both critically acclaimed and audiences loved it. Oh and, and I guess they did this really strange trailer. Like they have you have you seen like nineteen thirties and nineteen forties trailers for movies?
1: Perhaps, but not enough to really oh, okay. be able to say anything about them.
0: Well, they'd often have somebody who's speaking over with that weird kind of over emphatic voice. So sure okay like, i i know what you're describing with yeah. that yeah and they're like tender amazing but and all this stuff and they show <laughs> john payne and Marie o'hara right kissing at the end and then the they cut suddenly to like the screening room and there's all these studio executives there and the one guy is yelling at him to uh, pick one it can't be all these things you know is it romantic is it a romance is it a comedy is it this is it that pick one pick one And then he storms out, right, with a cigar in his hand. And he runs into Rex Harrison on the studio lot. So of Uh My Fair Lady fame. okay. And he's like, hey, have you seen Miracle on 34th Street? And Rex Harrison's like, yeah, I saw a screening of it just yesterday. I loved it. It's such a great man's movie. And he's talking about the comedy in it. And so the studio guy's like, okay, okay. And he's walking along and then he runs into Anne, um, it's not Bancroft and, 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 and whatever. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, she was a big movie star in the forties okay. and he asks her the same question. And she's like, Oh, I loved it. It's so wonderful. It's so romantic. It's such a great woman's movie. Ah. And so they actually never, other than that one clip, they <laughs> really don't show anything from the movie and they never say it's a Christmas movie or anything like that because they were oh. releasing it in June. And they thought if they said it was a Christmas movie, people wouldn't go see it. Well, that was pretty smart. Yeah.
1: I I mean, showing the kiss kind of gives a bit away. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes, it does. It does. But I thought, wow, that's what an interesting way to do the trailer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. wow. Okay.
1: Okay. So I do think Doris is a great mom Uh and Susie's an amazing kid. But- but, come um, on, chewing gum right before you go to sleep, I don't think they have sugarless back then. No, no. And clearly teeth have already been brushed, and she is blowing bubbles. I mean, granted, she doesn't go to sleep with the gum. She puts it away in some sort of disgusting manner. Yeah. But I was shocked at this <laughs> gum chewing at bedtime.
0: Yes. Yes i never have understood that <laughs> who lets their kid chew gum right before they go to bed for all the reasons you said it also i hate gum popping and stuff like that Oof, my misophonia yeah. is it misophonia misophonia where it sounds like people eating and stuff drives you crazy i i that, do not know yeah that gum is one of the things that triggers me Ugh. And yeah, it was it, weird. it doesn't have much payoff,
1: I don't think. I mean, so Santa gets some in his beard. He tries mm-hmm. it and gets some in his beard. I, mm-hmm. I, I just didn't feel like unlike the goose egg, I didn't feel like this had an important role. No. And was unless gross. it was
0: <laughs> unless it was it was solely in there to try to deepen the friendship between Chris and Susie. hmm That's the only thing I can think of. Well, and I, I wondered, wondered.
1: If Chris really wasn't very good at blowing bubbles with gum because they didn't actually show him. They just gave the they just used Susie's reactions. Yeah. Instead of showing the actual
0: bubble blowing. Yeah. And I also wonder why he looked surprised. He had kind of a look of wonderment on his face, right? When she's blowing those bubbles. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it's Santa. Why would Mm -hmm. Santa be? surprised about any type of candy and what could happen with it.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Like he knows I did love how he had an encyclopedic knowledge of where every toy was. And he's right. like, I keep an eye on the market this time of year. I thought that was so lucky.
0: <laughs> Yeah. That yeah, that's a weird, weird scene. You
1: wanted to make sure we didn't forget, and I agree, Talking about, I forget his name. The toy, Mr. Uh, Shellhammer. Yes, Mr. Shellhammer. <laughs> he is a wife. bit of a yes man, oh, but yeah. Yeah. he really is an ad and doesn't seem to have devious. You know, he, he's right. clearly profit driven. Oh yeah, but he's not a jerk.
0: <laughs> he was definitely comic relief. He and his wife. Yes!
1: Oh my gosh, the wife—absolutely <laughs> right. I'm just gonna make her doubles tonight. I thought—I thought he was going to impersonate his wife's voice and say, oh. "No, he can't stay here." But no, he was as good as his word. He, was. he even made him triples and uh, put his wife on the phone.
0: Got his wife hammered. Yes, Mr. Shellhammer. <laughs> it just hit me when I said that.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And Um, she did a good job. I mean, that was her only scene, but it was funny. It was good comic relief.
0: I think having Santa Claus come and stay would be (laughs) so (laughs) jobbing. Yeah, I've always loved Mrs. Shellhammer. But yeah, I love the comic relief of Mr. Shellhammer. And he's like, totally has no self-awareness whatsoever when he's (laughs) talking to uh, uh, Mr. Sawyer. Yes. And... He's like, oh, I always think it's best to tell the truth. And I'm like, dude, you let Mr. Macy think it was your idea that mm-hmm. of sending people to other stores, uh, you like fully let your wife get hammered because you wanted to ensure she would say yes to having Chris come and stay with them without just like asking her.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm like,
0: dude, you got no self awareness of what you really like. It's true. But I still, I like that character. He's just out there. Yes. <laughs> yes. He I really do does. Too. I mean, of course, there's so much commercialism represented in this movie. And he's a good one to, to represent it because he doesn't really think about it. He doesn't question it at all. And it's just like, well, yes, of course. We're going to f- have people buy all these toys. I don't care yes. if the kids want them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. At the beginning... Your first impression of him is rather poor, right? Because right. I think that's like what we see first is okay, Santa. Here's what you got to push. But he becomes—he really ingratiated himself to me by mm-hmm. the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. I leave with positive feelings about him. Certainly not my favorite or anything,
0: right? Right.
1: But I'm left—I'm left with him being more more good than evil, if you yeah.
0: will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not intentionally doing stuff to harm people. I love when he's talking with Mrs. Walker after they're leaving Macy's office. And he's kind of freaking out because she's fired him. And he said, maybe he's only a little crazy, like painters or composers or or some of those men in Washington. (laughs) Love, Dad.
1: I wrote that line down, down too. That was perhaps his best line. Maybe he's just a little crazy it's just <laughs> crazy
0: oh yeah <laughs> through the whole movie with people's accents and so forth I mean I know Maureen O'Hara had a little bit of her Irish lilt mm-hmm. but particularly the shell hammers I'm like what is that accent <laughs> where, where are you supposed to be from did you know the middle to upper crust in New York actually talk like that in the 40s right but yeah, these are the funny. kind of
1: these are the kinds of questions we want the answers to.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. But okay, so now I'm happy we've talked about Mr. Shellhammer, and I really don't have anything beyond that to say. I okay. just wanted to make sure we did talk about him. So thank you for good, bringing good. it back up.
1: <laughs> Shall we pivot to the trial?
0: Let's do so. Okay. The okay. hearing. The hearing. the hearing. It's not a trial. The <laughs> hearing. As they make sure we know Santa right. Claus isn't on trial.
1: Right. Well, it does seem so. Just before that, it does seem like Gailey gets there just in time, right before the committing papers right though i'm a little surprised they can't go back to bellevue and just tell the doctor okay so he was faking it can you just do another evaluation right right <laughs> and this time he'll know george washington is the first <laughs> president of the united states because apparently that knowledge is pivotal to knowing something about someone's mental health
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah you have to wonder about the questions they asked muscular yes. coordination tests okay okay yeah yes but having never had to have one which is probably nope. an oversight but um <laughs>
1: <laughs> none <laughs> of my employers ever required it
0: nope nope but i don't know maybe maybe that's what it was like in the 40s
1: i did like how all of these pivotal men in the hearing Mm-hmm. Their children and grandchildren just turn their backs <laughs> on them because of their role yes. in that committing l- Santa Claus. Yeah,
0: that little girl, hmm. Uh huh. <laughs> and the little boy, hmm. after uh-huh. his sister does
1: it. Uh-huh. After lavishing love upon Grandma. their mother slash grandmother, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah that's yes. a cute scene.
1: <laughs> yes. And then you've got this, this, it, I I, you know, I, thought some of these devices were clever mm-hmm. that the judge, right, he's right. up for re-election. Right. And so he's got his Politico person with the big cigar yes. <laughs> watching his every move yes. and being like, oh, watch yourself.
0: Yeah. This yep. is
1: not going to be popular.
0: Yeah. Hey, that guy was right on, too. Did you mm. recognize that
1: actor? He looked familiar.
0: He played Fred Mertz in I Love Lucy
1: oh Okay. Okay. Then I can see why he was familiar, but not like a dead, you know,
0: right? Immediate. Right. Right. Important. Yes. Well, I grew up watching. I love Lucy too. So gotcha. I always knew him from that. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. But he's great. He played that part perfectly. Yes.
1: <laughs> I yes. love when the
0: bailiff, when he's walking into the courtroom, and the bailiff like stops him and look points at his cigar, and he like gives the bailiff that kind of disgusted look and taps it like dude it ain't lighted Uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh i like that they had those little kind of subtle funny things in it yeah
1: yeah definitely and but i i think the person that stole the show in the hearing Mm -hmm. was Tommy. tommy
0: (laughs) he's cute
1: daddy never lied to me he was just he was just perfect and so sincere of course I believe in Santa Claus and is it is it Fred who lifts him into the stand Uh, yes yes. that was was kind of that was kind of cute the dad's like oh my gosh (laughs) I can't okay but as soon as he's out
0: (laughs) yeah evidently the kid that was playing Tommy they interviewed him in that Hollywood backstory thing I watched yeah and he was saying that there was a, a line that was written that wasn't working. And George Seaton, the director, kept yelling, cut, cut. He goes, and finally he's like, we need a new line here. And this little kid is like, what if I say, my daddy told me? So that little kid came up with it. I mean, they picked some really amazing children who had speaking lines for this movie. Were children in the 40s just smarter than they are now? <laughs> Well, I think they probably had more responsibility than kids today do. So maybe, maybe they were a little more savvy. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I have the line written down. Tommy is adorable and stole
0: the show. He did. (laughs) He won the hearing. (laughs) Yes, yes. So cute. What a little cutie. Yeah, I like that scene, and I thought it was. You know, they kind of portrayed the judge as a. Well, he was kind of clueless about some things, right? Like Mm -hmm. how much of a political quandary this hearing could be and how upset people were going to be about it. But he was kind of savvy with the law pieces. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he was a pretty quick thinker and was able to kind of, you know, use that line like, I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm not committing one way or another. I'm sidestepping that. And then, of course, can lay the final decision on the federal government, right? Because the federal government recognizes him as Santa mm-hmm. Claus. So why should I uh, have to, uh, why should I disagree with the feds? Yes. All Fed.
1: because a dude in the mail room is like, let's send all these letters from the dead letter room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to, yeah. to the courthouse.
0: Did you recognize that actor? No. Jack Albertson. He was in, what was that show that Freddie Prince was in? not Freddie prince jr but Freddie prince himself anyways whatever he was in that show
1: okay haven't seen it
0: i can't even remember the name but i remember watching it something in the man i don't know i would have to look that up. i have said i don't know a lot i would have to look that up but anyways jack elbrich i not recognize him quite a bit younger than i than that show in the 70s but Jingle bells jingle bells he's all happy <laughs> that he's come up with that idea. And that's yes. when it really hit me. I was like, that is the only Christmas carol in this whole movie. Wow.
1: Well, <laughs> if they were showing it in July, you know, maybe yes. they just didn't want to lay on. Evidently. Lay on that piece.
0: Evidently they stopped filming in like the end of March of 1947 and the studio released it in June of 47. I don't think post-production can happen that fast on movies today. Well,
1: look at what all is involved in post-production today. Yeah. Versus then. I mean, weren't they like splicing film clips together that that was editing?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah, they had to physically splice those things together. Yeah. Hmm. Great. I love that scene when all the little bailiffs drag all that mail in.
1: Very keystone copy, I felt, you know. Yes. One of these you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they saved the little guy for last, and everybody laughs.
1: <laughs> they just, they the just kept coming. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, we'd like to see them come out of the mail truck, right? <laughs> all, these, yeah. all these guys with all these bags coming to deliver. Yeah. A little clown, yeah. clown car situation.
0: But, uh, <laughs> that yes. would have been funny. That would have been funny. I kind of wish almost that that was the last scene. I mean, I understand why they have to have the scene where Susie gets the house and everything. But I, mm-hmm. someone, part of me just always wishes that the last scene could have been all of that mail just being dumped on the judge's desk. Mm-hmm. And he was so adamant, you know, put it here. Nope, nope, yep. bring it. Put it here on yep. my desk, on my desk. <laughs> yeah, and he's
1: buried in it. <laughs> yes, yes. Because
0: we need these bags back immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep the mailbags, people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too funny. What did you think of that last whole sequence?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do like. I I do like that the the cane is there, or the umbrella, mm-hmm. whatever. The, mm-hmm. the, I do the like the cane. That there's this element of maybe he really is mm-hmm. Santa mm-hmm. because the, really the whole movie has been okay. We're, we love the spirit of this guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what he mm-hmm. represents, mm-hmm. but this is what he is. He is just an old man that is, that has this delusion. Mm-hmm. And so I, I liked that piece for leaving the door open for mm-hmm. Him having a little more than human, but it it's almost too perfect a bow, right? <laughs> Especially given how short of time these two have been together, right. And is this really going to work out for them? To I I don't know. It, it, so I'm a little mixed on the ending. I'm not I'm not disappointed. I'm not like oh my gosh they blew it,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: but yeah, did it need to? To go full throttle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and worst proposal ever.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Well, we can't disappoint her.
1: <laughs> she deserved better. She deserved better, Fred. And you've got a great inner imagination and have really done some amazing stuff to get yourself to this point. You yeah. could have pulled off a better proposal.
0: Yes. Absolutely agree. Agree. Now I have a question for you. Okay, what do you think the miracle is? Hmm.
1: Now, what exactly? What exactly are you referring to?
0: The title, oh, miracle, "Miracle on Thirty-Four, on 34
1: Street." Street. <laughs> I was like, "Am I forgetting a line?" No, you've forgotten the title of the piece.
0: A few moments later.
1: Now, this is a very good question because this final scene does not occur on 34th street this right. makes me think that the miracle had to have occurred in manhattan
0: right well and we see right is not macy's on 34th street i think you're right i mean i think that's what i remember from a scene i think that
1: is where the parade sort of has its focus like i i I should look this up but when the broadway dancers do their right, thing and right. everything i think that's right i think that may well be right in front of macy's on 34th street mm-hmm. hmm. this is a good question do we think it is just this this accepting of this this change in attitude about christmas cheer and everybody you know <laughs> jumping into this let's go ahead and rule I, I wonder where the courthouse is i wonder where this hearing takes place if it's referring to the miracle that happens in the courthouse mm-hmm. or the miracle that such such a lovely man exists i don't know <laughs> well that i don't one... know that's a really interesting question
0: the one video i watched with this guy who's He says this is his favorite Christmas movie, but he says people don't understand it or that there's things that are misunderstood. And one of the things he says, there is no miracle. I'm like, dude, you're trying to be totally literal about everything in this movie. And I'm like, so for me, the miracle is not that anyone believes he's Santa or that he's proven to be Santa in court or anything like that. The miracle for me it's all about Doris and Susie and how they are so what's the word? How do I want to phrase this? They're they're closed to potentials because they're too rooted in reality, right? Cuz right. obviously Doris's divorce was incredibly scarring for her and yes. she's kind of passing that on to her child and so they're missing out on or they they are missing out on kind of the joy? the joy of life, right? You know those mm-hmm. little things that can happen that you might not really understand why they're happening. And you just accept that they happen, and and they kind of miss out on that kind of piece of joy and unexpectedness of things that can occur. Like everything doesn't have to be logical. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's always been the miracle, right? That Doris and Susie learn that by the end of the movie.
1: I like that. And I do again, I totally respect the way Doris is raising Susie and I think Susie is great and well adjusted, but it is sad that she that I, that whole scene where she pretends to be a monkey that she's missing out on some of the joy of childhood with not having permission to pretend.
0: Right. And I think, again, when we take into the context of when this movie was written, when it was produced, it's right after World War II, where, of course, everybody was totally grounded in reality at that point. And we're trying to gain some of the joy of life back. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, that's a, a major point in this movie. Nice. Nice. I like it. Thank you. I like it. Thank y'all. Thank you very much. Ann Baxter. That was the other actor <laughs> in the trailer. That's not in the movie.
1: Oh, Ann Baxter. Ann oh, Baxter. Oh. Sorry. Okay. No problem. No problem. I just, I... the name suddenly
0: jumped out of my notes.
1: That is excellent. Now we've we got that. <laughs> <gasps> I just wanted to check. Oh, okay. I just wanted to check because we had just talked about this that yes the parade ends in front of macy's flagship store on 34th street okay yeah okay i just i we we said that's what we thought happened mm-hmm, oh mm-hmm. and i was right that it does go down the western side of central park that's where i thought i recognized some stuff and they go through columbus circle anyway uh but the important thing is <laughs> The Macy's flagship store is on 34th Street and right that is on. where the parade kind of ends, you know, where where a lot of the television stuff happens. Mhm. Mhm. So. Right on. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you. I do want to thank you for having me watch this because it is a classic and yeah. I did very much enjoy it. And sometimes I get a little frustrated with sort of pieces of the time and I did not. I did not. I really Good. really liked it
0: yeah it's one of those movies i have to see awesome so all right excellent so i guess the only thing left to say is merry christmas (laughs) christmas everyone thanks for listening wallowing in the shallows is created and produced by the both of us edited by mo the soundtrack for the wallowing in the shallows, holiday wallow is Christmas Tale by Amoxie. Available on Pixabay Music. You can send us feedback at wits.tvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. and then subscribe. And then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe.